Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Bader Show. It's episode 288. It is March 23rd, 2022, and I'm with Kyle Klingman, and we're just still just reeling from the NCAA championships, Kyle. Reeling is a good word. Reeling is a good word. <laughs> it was fun, all those things that we talked about. And the last couple of guests have been just outstanding, just being able to process what happened and breaking down what happened and really captured the emotion of what happened. So I have a feeling that our guest today will continue the trend, Mark Vader. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited. Um, Vito, uh, excuse me, <laughs> Pat Glory, joining the show today, NCAA runner-up from Princeton. Uh, Pat, thanks for joining us today. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me on here, Vader. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I want to talk about NCAAs. Obviously, it just happened. But, like, I guess I want to back up, I don't know, a year, however, like, you didn't get to do last year, right? The Ivy Leagues were canceled. Man, like, what was that year like for you? Um, how much did you did you train, and how tough was it probably watching the NCAA championships? Yeah. Um, yeah, last year was definitely a, a super weird year, I think, for, for kind of everybody. Um, you know, us definitely, especially so, um, just given the fact that our whole schedule was, was completely different. But, um, so I guess backtrack to, you know, March, 2020, yeah. right before COVID happened. Um, you know, we're, I think we're four days away from leaving for Minneapolis, um, which, you know, I was super excited for, right. It's the Minnesota Viking stadium. Yeah. Um, you know, they had this whole different layout of how the mats were going to be. Everyone just, there's just a lot of excitement around it. It's going to be a little bit of a different experience. And then, you know, kind of murmurs of, of COVID were, ha- you know, happening and um, talks of like, you know, fans being able to come and stuff like that. But we were kind of just keeping our fingers crossed that we would at least just get out to Minnesota. Our coaches were saying, you know, if we, if we just get out there, then we'll be able to wrestle. Didn't happen. And from that point on until probably 
end of August, which, which is right around when like school was supposed to start. No one really had any idea what was what the situation was. Yeah. Everyone was living at home. Everyone was kind of on their own. There wasn't really a great level of communication just because like even the coaches didn't really have a an understanding of like what we were going to be able to do um, if we were having a season or not. You know, like the Ivy League nor Princeton nor really anybody had came out and said anything specifically. So uh, obviously, you know, there's a little bit of frustration from like the parent parental end, you know, my my family's like, you know, are we sending you back to school? Are we not sending you back to school? Are we, you know, finding you an apartment to live at? Like, what are we doing here? Um, so finally, they, the Ivy League announced at the end of like, I think it was like right before school was supposed to start that we weren't going to go back to school. So then the option was, do you go enroll in school and classes, not use that year of eligibility and then transfer, which at the end of the day, like Pat Brucky wound up doing that, a couple other guys. Um, had to wind up doing it. I think Colo finished up classes just because he didn't have any other option. Um, but then the rest of the guys, you were kind of like, hey, what do we do? So the overwhelming majority of us put, put in this application to take a gap year, which is like basically taking a redshirt year. It's not like you just say, hey, I'm taking a redshirt year now and, and I'll come back to school next year. You have to actually like apply and it's like a whole process. You have to be accepted. And it's like, there's no guarantee that you can actually get one. So it was a little difficult. It was a little nuanced. We basically, our whole class, the original class of 2022, um, applied to take a gap year. And just luckily, the majority of us got it. Um, at least all the starters did. So kind of reloaded and then just found a place off campus in Princeton to live at and just try to find a, a training situation, which was all freestyle through the RTC. So um, it was super cool. Reese was basically our head coach all of last year which is awesome. It was like, I really, our, our first time having him as like the guy. Um, and we just, we just got to work and, and we're training freestyle training for U 23s training for whatever we could. Well, compare that experience to like, you know, it, and freestyle versus folk style freestyle is just a little more relaxed in general. The, I think the training and the competitions, right. Um, and NCAA and folk style are like, I think for the most part, pretty serious and pretty like hard nosed and tough. Talk about the differences of going through those two different training environments. Yeah, it was definitely a lot less of a grind. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. if you talk to any guy that's wrestled in the NCAAs, like, you know, making weight every week and like, you know, uh, just the quick turnarounds of competitions and like um, the length, just the sheer like, you know, duration of how long the season is. It takes a lot out of you. I mean, you know, this past weekend at the NCAAs, you know, guys are hurting like that. You know, injuries, you have, you know, physical, mental stress. And, like, it just it just takes a lot out of a person that whole season. So I think freestyle is a little different in the sense of you're only training for a handful of competitions throughout the whole year. Uh, it's a lot less stressful, but it's also, like, um, kind of targeted for those individual tournaments that you do get to compete in. So, I mean, I think we really only competed in – two tournaments which was like the the nationals it was like the cadet and junior nationals out in nebraska uh which was in november that might have that actually might have been the open that got that got put I, I forget exactly what tournament that was but it was in omaha nebraska in november and then from then on the next thing we didn't we didn't wrestle again until like at the end of april in the u23 world team trials so basically we only had two tournaments the whole year um that we were training for but we were you know 
practice it every day. Yeah. Um, you know, lifting as a team, you know, at the retro fitness in Princeton, you know what I mean? Like we didn't even really have access to like a locker room or like, um, you know, lifting facilities, a trainer, uh, anything that we normally would have, you know, yeah. uh, was kind of just not at our disposal. We were, you know, we couldn't use the Princeton wrestling room. So we had to go to, uh, this, this club, um, shout out to the Van Ness family, uh, Rodney Van Ness. He let us use uh, Rhino Wrestling Club, which is like 15, 20 minutes away from Princeton University. And uh, we were just training out of there. That was our uh, that was the NGRTC's kind of uh, spot for, for all of last year. Um, so we would, you know, the seven guys that I was living with in a three-bedroom apartment would drive uh, <laughs> to Rhino. And we would train. You know, we would get our, our practice in for the day. And we'd drive back. And then we'd, uh, you know, get a lift two or three times a week whenever we could. And then, uh, you know, by the time we knew it, we looked up and we were, you know, trying to get down to wait for, uh, for the U S open. It was, uh, kind of crazy. Well, that actually sounds kind of pretty cool, but what was the experience it was. like? It was cool. What was the experience of watching the NCAA championships? Uh, presumably on, um, on TV. Or yeah, it was, it was definitely, uh, you know, something that I'll never forget. Um, yeah, I had to call Dubuque during the, the 125 pound final uh-huh. and be like, I can't, I can't watch this right now. <laughs> like I'm going to, I'm going to freak out. And, uh, you know, I was watching it with the rest of my, my roommates, uh, uh-huh. and, and the other guys, you know, in, you know, on my team that I was living with and, uh, you know, it, I mean, it was, there were some great matches. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I love watch, watching wrestling too, but it's just when you know that, it was kind of taken away from you. Uh, it just hurts a little bit more. Sure. Um, so I know everyone was a little frustrated, you know, but um, there's just certain things that are out of your control that it's like, you can be frustrated and upset about it as much as you want. Um, there's nothing that's really going to change about it. And we knew that at the end of the day, we were still going to have two more opportunities to do it. Yeah. Um, the frustrating part, I think was the fact that like they, all the people that were competing had, had a free year. And then we were sitting there with like no year of eligibility and basically had wasted the one that, you know, happened during COVID or right before COVID happened. And then these guys, you know, get to be five, six time national qualifiers and have six shots at it. We really only get three. Yeah. And so that, I think that was the most frustrating part about it, but you know, just kind of looking forward to getting back to normalcy was the thing that I think we were all really looking forward to most getting back into the, our actual Princeton wrestling room. The the most exciting part of our year, at least for me, was the first time getting back into our locker room. Like you don't realize how much like locker room, like talk and like that team culture is built in the locker. You know what I mean? Like yeah. not having that is, it was really difficult to like create any sort of, you know, team camaraderie, team culture, you know, sense of a team at all. It's really interesting how something so small is so big, right? It's just a place where you change, right? And you like you take a shower and you clean up after practice, and that's it. But not really, right? It it, it's so much more. It's like, like you said, right? It's like there's, it's weird. I guess I never thought about it that way, but it's it's certainly true. Yeah, I mean that's kind of your your home base, right? It's like a place where you can just hang out and chit chat and talk about you know whatever else you have going on 
um, with your teammates. There's, there wasn't really a great space for us to do that. Um, you know, especially with people living, you know, in so many different places. And um, so it was nice, you know, to come back and have that again this year. Sure. Um, okay. I want to, I want to get to this year um, specifically Vito, man, you guys, <laughs> it's entertaining um it's it's back and forth with wide margins um how many times have you guys wrestled four or five so we we didn't wrestle until we get to college um mm. but i think in since college like just the last one was the seventh time the seventh time do you know yeah do you know what the how the record stands uh, that was the tiebreaker. We were we were three and three against each other. Okay, I believe. Or may, maybe 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 that was the fifth time. Okay, I think that was, might have been the fifth or seventh. We were split. It was I think it was either two two or three three. Um, and then that it was, was the fifth. Kyle, yeah, fifth. So I think I yeah, think that's that's what. You I, I did a tweet with all the the scores and uh, just the other day, and it was uh, jaw dropping. Okay, can you get to find that tweet, or do you remember it? Can you just read that I off can. for us? Yep. Arujao pinned Glory on February 9th, 2019. Glory defeated Arujao 10-8 on March 8th, 2019. Glory defeated Arujao 11-9 on February 5th, 2022. Arujao defeated Glory 19-6 on March 4th, and Glory defeated Arujao 13-5 on March 18th. Man. <laughs> um. Well, I, I, if you got, if you don't mind, I'd like to kind of go, go through the, these last two or these highlights of them, and just kind of get your thoughts and like, it's it's just so wild that it was a nine to eleven, which is a, without watching it, it's a barn burn of a match. It sounds awesome, and then it was like major for Vito. Oh, okay, Vito figured something out. No, major for Pat. Like in you know the postseason. Um, so Nico, if we could pull up that first one, starting about a minute ten, minute twelve in. Um, we just kind of take it from there. And then, so this is the EIWA finals, kind of a little highlight of it. And maybe just anything you're thinking or seeing or remembering, um, feel free to, to let us know. I think it starts right after this little short interview from, from Vito. So what do you think of coming into this match in the EIWA finals, Pat? How you feeling? Um... You know, I was feeling good, was feeling loose. Uh, you know, wasn't really wrestling the way that I like to. Like, I got taken down first uh, in that, like, the quarterfinals and the semifinals leading up okay. to this. You know, I, I still want to win by a decent amount, but I don't know. I think things weren't flowing as well as I'd like them to. Um, and I don't know. It was a lot of fun. I mean, we talked about this to my coaches and I um, a lot, you know, following it. You know, it was – um a lot of a lot of stuff just kind of crept into my mind i think that kind of affected the way that i was able to compete um that i knew weren't going to be an issue leading up to the tournament uh this past weekend um just like stressors uh you know we had midterms leading up to this week right so i had a midterm assignment that i was like working on on the bus ride up to cornell like Friday morning, uh, you know, so I was worried about getting that in. And then I was also worried about making weight. And I was also worried about, um, you know, I, I just feel like I ran out of juice, you know, at the end of the day, like our, our coaches were talking about, they're just like, dude, you just, 
didn't like it, it wasn't even you out there and, and it was funny i walked off the mat i got you know objectively i got beat up <laughs> and i don't i don't i don't remember the last time i got majored uh but it, I, don't, I don't even know uh when it was but it was it's probably either with spencer lee or somebody like that um and you know it was i knew it wasn't something that i it, it wasn't something that he was doing it was more what i wasn't doing um so you know it was pretty easy to shake off in that sense because it was just like all right well you know that wasn't me out there uh i know what i'm capable of and i know how i usually wrestle and that's not what it was so uh you know i you know again i've, t I've told you guys this i've talked to uh you know you bet this before i i, I talked to a, psych a sports psychologist and you know he he was just like what's the what's the reality of the situation what's the truth behind you know, what you put out there and, it, you know, it was probably 50 to 60% of my, you know, my actual capacity to compete. So he's like, you know, you're, you're going to be ready. You're going to be back to 70, 80, 90%, you know, this week without these crazy, you know, stressors and situations going on leading up to the tournament. So sure, um, it was pretty easy to shake off. I, I, I felt kind of reset you know, after that week off and uh, felt a lot better going into Detroit. Now, like, you know, right walking off the mat right there, you say it's easy to kind of get over this and reset. Like, even that night, we can cut that video. That night or, like, the next day or how quickly before you're like, okay, yeah, it's behind me. That sucked, but whatever. I'll be fine in two weeks. I'm not going to – yeah, it, it definitely took a little bit longer than I thought it was going to be, you know. So that happened Sunday. Right. Uh -huh. uh, EIWAs were Saturday, Sunday. That was Sunday night. And, um, you know, I was back on a wrestling mat, I think Monday or Tuesday. And, uh, you know, I was expecting it to be like in the back burner, in the, in the rear view mirror, you know, just kind of move forward from it. But, uh, you know, there was just little things that were just kind of weighing me down, like um, technical things, like just in, even in the drill. You know, I was just kind of a little less confident in myself. I can just feel myself just overthinking things and like, um, I don't know, just just not being myself, not trusting myself the way I usually do. Um, so I think it really wasn't until, like, you know, and I was talking with, with Dubuque and Ayers and trying to figure out like, you know, how to eliminate those like bad voices or whatever you want to call them, like those like negative thoughts, mm -hmm. come, you know, kind of creeping in um, because especially in the drill like you want to have a, a clean of a mind and just you know focus on like the technical stuff as you possibly can so yeah. um usually that's pretty easy but for whatever reason i was struggling i think it was because i was just thinking about you know the final the eiwa final sure um and it wasn't until i had that conversation with my psychologist that i i feel like i really started thinking rationally again like I was thinking very, you know, what if and, and subjectively and, and like a lot less factual, you know, and, and once I started thinking like statistically and like very like empirically, I felt like that was when I started to trust myself again. And that was when I started to like feel slick and like, you know, diversify my attacks again and like hit misdirections and like stuff like that that I usually do, but was kind of just one dimensional because I was frustrated. Yeah, I think a little bit. Um, and then like that, that probably happened like Friday or Saturday. 
like I wrestled really well. I did a match on like Friday or Saturday, uh, the week before the NCAAs. And I like, was like, all right, I'm back. <laughs> like I just felt really good. Like I just like, I scored a lot of points, scored in a lot of different ways and, uh, was just like, all right, here we go. We're back. Awesome. Um, so take me through like Detroit, um, you know, the opening, you don't have to go like point by point or even match by match, but just the, you know, the few first few opening rounds, how you felt. Um, and well, first of all, you look at brackets, everybody does. And I probably look at who I got first round. I gotta be prepared for that guy, but there's some part of you that says, all right, I gotta, I gotta get revenge in the semis. Would that be fair to say? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> You know, the coaches talk to you about it. Uh, you know, you, you're thinking about it, if, especially, you know, I remember from my freshman year how the NCAA tournament goes. Like, every, every single match is a dogfight. Yeah. You're wrestling someone who, you know, worked their butt off to get to the tournament in general, right? Some of these guys, you know, their goal is to, to get there. And then once they get there, it's like they have nothing to lose. Like they, they, they're going to put their best effort and their full effort out there um, from the get-go. So like you said, like making sure you're ready for each individual match and not overlooking anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, you see where you are in the bracket and you see like, you know, how you got to, you know, make your goals happen. What, what do you have to do to, to, to achieve what you want to achieve? Um, but again, I think knowing that you have to know that like, okay, so how do I get there? Right. And like, what do I, what do I have to do to get there? And that's beating the guy in front of me. Um, so that was kind of what I was worried about was just, it was just beating the guy in front of me at that point. So, um, you know, Thursday morning, just, just doing what I had to do, scoring a lot of points, you know, kind of sending a message, getting off my feet, going to take a nap afterwards, right. Getting ready for the, you know, the night session, just kind of doing, you know, taking the process seriously and doing all the things that I normally would do and, um, you know, getting my body rest when I can and, um, you know, just, just doing the process correctly. Um, I think helps not worry about the future, just kind of be focused on the moment and the present. Um, and then, you know, you'll look up and you'll be where you want to be, you know? Yeah. Describe, I guess, walking into the arena Friday, for the Friday second session, right? It's the semifinals. It's the it's the uh, blood round. It's like the it's the best round from a fan's perspective. I don't you know I can't speak as, as an athlete competing there, but but like it's it's got the most energy. It's like just there's so much on the line. Um, how do you feel coming into the building, knowing that there's gonna be seventeen thousand people in the stands and you're gonna be on one or two mats in the center of the of the whole deal and like big deal yeah um you know i like to say i wasn't nervous but i was <laughs> um you know there there there's always kind of those like butterflies and and um you know you know what's at stake right you know what's on the line and um you know for me i think the hardest part is like is like not worrying about the outcome worrying about like the process um because i've made the mistake of like putting all this added pressure on myself, um, putting all this, like, uh, these, these little subtle things that are out of my control, kind of on my shoulders that make me less, uh, 
worried about the technical aspect of it. So I think one of the things that I was going into Friday night that I was most worried about was just trying to like be as technical as possible, right? Not be as like subjective in the sense of like, what, you know, what is this person going to think about me? If, if this happens, what am I going to do if, you know, if I lose this, you know, just kind of the what ifs, just canceling those yeah. and just being worried about, okay, you know, okay, what, what are we, what are we doing here? What's our, what's our goal? Um, what do we want to get to technically? Um, you know, obviously we had a game plan going in, you know, I was, you know, worried about that game plan and, and worried about sticking to the stuff that we talked about me and the coaching staff. Um, and that made it a little less stressful. You know what I mean? If, if you're kind of thinking about all those things and, and worried about the technical aspect, it makes the outcome way less significant and, and you're just kind of worried about the process. Um, and for me, that's, that's, it's, it's the most helpful to worry about that because then you're not, you're not stressing about the outcome because the outcome is going to happen no matter what. And as long as you control the controllables, that's the most important thing. Sure. Um, and Nico, can we, can we pull up this, this second match that way? And we'll just start it straight from the beginning and same kind of thing. If you just want to talk through it, thoughts or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I watched it briefly. I kind of just like skipped through it, but yeah, this is just um, I, this will be like the first time really watching it fully through but um yeah i mean i got taken down first i think it was 2-1 right at the end of the first yeah. period if i'm not mistaken yeah and i just remember the, the coaches in the corner like were so excited like my coaches and i was like <laughs> I'm, I'm losing right like <laughs> like why are you cheering dubuque's like let's go like, great period great period and i'm like was it like <laughs> <laughs> i'm losing right now <laughs> but uh yeah we were wrestling man it was it was good it, the game plan was was good this was this was probably the most important part of the match right here. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the, the, Mike Gray and the Cornell guys are in that corner to the left yeah. by the ref, and they're looking for reversal. Um, I had my hands locked, so you know, I knew I was still on top, but I was getting in a dangerous position. So I just wanted to try. I mean, just try to do something to get out of there, but. Um, I think he thought he. I think he might have thought he was on top there. Yeah. This is the the position that I was a little confused about because I thought I was locked in the crotch here, and they gave a locked hands call and a reversal. Oh, so can we skip was, back just a little bit, Nico? Seven. I'll say that that again. Let's skip back like five ten seconds. Right here. You yeah. Win? So yeah. The, can you go, go back like ten seconds? Yeah, yeah. So it was it was interesting. So so after this uh -huh. little exchange. Right, I got my back points. Then that made it like seven two, I believe. And then get get on top, throw that leg in. He rolls through here. So I lock in the crotch, and they they gave a locked hands call, right? So I'm still on top. Get reversed. I thought it was just a reversal, but they gave a locked hands call and the reversal. Okay. So that made it seven five, and there was a challenge brick thrown. They were arguing it, um, but then I think he chose. So he rode me out at the end of that period, yeah. the end of the second period. So it was, it was still seven five. He so I chose chose down. He lets me up eight five because he's got to take me down twice. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I get that takedown and make it ten five. And then he escapes with like, or, or maybe I let him up with like ten or fifteen seconds left, and then tries he goes to tries to go outside trip. Yeah. And that's when this happens. Man, what do you like? I don't know. 
are there thoughts going through your head as this match is kind of unfolding or feelings or are you just so locked in that it's not till the end that we see this and you're like pretty pretty yeah no i mean it it wasn't it wasn't until the end that i was really feeling feeling that emotion um you know i started bawling my eyes out i I literally just started crying if you listen to like the mic on on the mat i'm I'm like wailing like a little baby (laughs) like it's it's so funny um but uh i think i think just wrestling through those positions and ending up you know getting back points and, and just kind of just like not stopping wrestling like like i feel like in that eiwa finals like there were just certain positions that I just stopped wrestling in that you know usually i wrestle through and and kind of ends up in my favor but um i was i was just you know not letting the crowd get into it not letting the referees dictate you know the outcome and just and just doing everything in my power to to score points and continue to score points and and just get in the driver's seat i think was what made that win so so much more emotional, you know, especially given the fact that we've been back and forth so many times and like, you know, what was at stake, what was on the line. I know how badly he wanted that too. I mean, we, yeah. we, we both, you know, have dreamed of being at that stage and worked our, worked our butts off to, to, to get there. Um, you know, it was just really surreal. Uh, you know, I was thinking about my, my family in the stands and, and everybody that was watching that match. You know, I had so many guys texting me like, you know, let's go. I, I must've had 400 text messages um you know after that match just saying how people were excited about watching the finals and uh how happy they were for me and stuff and obviously i knew it wasn't over and i had you know one more match to go get what was mine but um you know just still seeing everybody's support and and the fact that everyone was watching made it made it super cool for me um you know to get the experience that it was was pretty incredible yeah there's always like something crazy you know, the semis, it's like there's all this anticipation, and then eventually something wild happens, and it just so happened it was like the first one of the first two matches. And it was like, holy smokes, okay, it's gonna be that kind of Friday night. Um, so I thought that was awesome. Um, there's another video, Nico. I don't know if you if you got that one. Um, the last one I put, it's actually I don't know if you saw this, Pat, but uh, it was uh, Dubuque in the tunnel afterwards. Did you see this? He was all fired up. No, I don't think so. I don't think I saw this one. Okay. No. Um, I think we're going to work on getting this one loaded so that we can watch it. So I just kind of followed him like right when he jumps back in the tunnel and I just happened to be there with the camera. Um, so we're going <laughs> to pull this back and let's turn, let's come, if we can go volume up on this too, um, our volume on this. Yeah. And just about describe your relationship. With you. It's hard to even put in words how much this guy does for me, man. Uh, I mean, listen, all the all the coaches do like they all have a certain Everybody doubted job. Him. Everybody like, doubted him. He needed job. it. He needed it. Can we turn that up real quick? We buried yeah, that guy uh, in Ithaca. Nico, can we hear that? That Pat Glory died in that Ithaca. Is so this is a new guy. This is guy is gonna win a national is. championship tomorrow night. Woo! Um, <laughs> you don't even if have to. I, if, I, if I if I had to describe one yeah. word. Joe, are you excited? You excited? That kid works so hard. That kid works so hard. He deserves everything he gets. He earns every single win, every single point. Congratulations. Congrats. He, did, he won't say anything. The amount of adversity he had to deal with two weeks ago, 
and he came back and he got his head straight and he got right back to work and now look at him reverses the friggin uh the result from two weeks ago now he's going to be wrestling for a national championship <laughs> incredible that's incredible i mean so just like going back to eiwas right i don't want to harp on this but yeah um he never won a big 10 championship he never won one he's a two-time national champ and is a zero-time big 10 champion oh joe so, I mean, yeah yeah debut and so you know after that tournament he looks at me he's like dude this stuff no one remembers it's like you think anyone anyone comes up to me saying how oh you know, it stinks you're never a Big Ten champion. He's like, no. People remember what happens out at that, at that tournament mm -hmm. at the end of March, and that's where you're, you're going to create your legacy. So, like, I mean, we have so many similarities, me and him. You know, I mean, we're both born and bred in North Jersey. Um, you know, he's a family guy. You know, he's a family man. He's, uh, you know, I just, we're so similar. We grew, we grew up in such similar, you know, areas and circles and, and uh, kind of morals and just, like, uh everything about one another i think we kind of you know i see i see uh myself growing up to be like him you know what i mean like he's just you know very uh stuck in his ways but in the best way possible yeah. um and so i just try to emulate you know to be like him and and just do do all the right things work my butt off and good things are going to come and uh just trust in the process you know i mean um you know, again, I didn't accomplish what I went out there to, to accomplish this past weekend, but we have another shot. And I know I know for a fact that I'm in the right place to to be able to do that. Um, sure. You know, I have the best guys around me that are going to give me the best shot to, to go out there and win this thing. So. So let's 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 turn to the finals. Right. Kind of a weird match or weird third period. Right. Um, I, I think it was for nothing. Correct me if I'm wrong. Into the third and then. He just like almost went freestyle on bottom, right? He he just kind of was doing nothing. Talk me through that third period and what you're thinking as it's kind of unwinding. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, stupid, stupid match in the first couple periods. I mean, um, you know, get taken down at the very end of the first period. I mean, that's just that's just laziness. I didn't, you know, I could nitpick a lot of things that happened in the first two periods. Um, you know, I just just didn't do enough to to stop you know stop the takedown from happening. Get you know, I got to get my one. You want you, you want to win a national championship, you got to get out from the bottom. Uh, didn't do it quick enough. Um, so I, I, I was it four nothing or whatever I was down by uh, in the th going into the third period. Um, so I was I was on top at the end of the second period. I, I tried to go and lock up a cradle on the opposite side and like just landed on my neck and just like, I just remember my shoulder going numb. Like I, I, I didn't know what it was. I, th I thought it was like a shocker or something or like a uh, stinger. Um, stinger. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what it was. Cause it, it only lasted for a few minutes or a few seconds, really like, you know, less than the, a lot of time for, for injury time. Um, but then he like looks at me and he's like, let's wrestle, let's wrestle. Uh, you know, he's about to go down. Yeah. He's about to go down in the third period. And, and I'm looking at him. I'm like, let's fight. I was like, let's fight. And then he just like was like, all right, well, okay. And then he goes down. And uh, you know, I'm on top, you know, I'm down by a pretty significant amount of points. And uh, you know, I'm like, okay, well, one set of back points can change this whole this whole thing, right? 
Um, so I'm working really, really hard on top, trying to get a turn, right, doing my thing. We had a good game plan, uh, you know, how we're going to stop his first move and what we wanted to do on top. Um, and so then I, I just start – the crowd starts getting into it, and then the ref starts giving stall calls. You know, he gets a caution for the third time. That's another point. So, you know, now I'm starting to creep back into this match, and I'm like, oh, man, this – you know, we're, we're, we're back in it. I think it was like, you know – five two after the third caution and then I, I get another stall call so now it's five or four three right and i tried to roll through i i was a hell of a hell of a close like pretty close to getting a, a set of back points i'm pretty sure uh, i rolled him through and i i had him on his back for a split second maybe his shoulders were off the mat which is why i didn't get it but um that would have made a five four um so so still so i roll through after that i think there's still 30 seconds left and it's four three and I'm looking at the coaches. I'm like, I got to cut them, right? And they're all already they're already saying, cut them, cut them, cut them. Um, so I think that there was more time on the clock than I initially realized, um, which is why I was going crazy right away. Like, I thought I only had 10, 15 seconds. So maybe I had more closer to 20, 25. Um, which I should, probably should have looked at the clock. But uh, I, I just started kind of trying to get to a leg. Wound up getting to a leg at the very end, but just didn't have enough time to to finish or or work my way back up. But um, man, it was it was so close. It was it was. Uh, I just wish I gave myself that opportunity in the first period to kind of get to a leg or at least you know work on getting to my offense. But it's kind of the way it goes sometimes, and uh, and you know we'll we'll learn from it. Still a super cool experience. Yeah, well, that a super cool experience to kind of answer my question. I was to say, overall, how did you feel about the weekend? Yeah, I mean, uh, not many people get to say that they wrestled in the national finals. I mean, that's something that I'll have with me for the rest of my life. Um, that being said, you know, I went out there with the goal of being Princeton's first national champion since 1952 and the second one ever. And we had, you know, we had the opportunity and, and, and just didn't get it done. So, you know, that stings. It stings a lot. You know, everyone was texting me, you know, my family, you know, my friends, my girlfriend was saying how proud she was and stuff. Like, um, but it just didn't really feel right. You know, it, like, like Sunday night, I was just, or Saturday night, rather, I was just kind of like, you know, why, why am I happy? Like, I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't be happy right now. Like, I'm not, I'm not where I want to be. Right. I mean, everyone was saying that, you know, that I should be grateful and I should be happy and I should be content with the fact that I took second. But, um, you know, it stinks. It's, it's the worst. It's, 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 a, it's a feeling that, you know, is not easy to, to, to deal with. But, you know, the, the, the fact that I have one more year and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, my life's not going to change um, regardless. And that, that that makes it a little bit easier for me to come to terms with. Right. I mean, um, you know, I, I know I'm doing all the right things and I know I gave myself the best opportunity going into that match to compete at the highest level. You know, again, like we talked about the process, like my process going into that match was was about as good as I could have possibly done it. Uh -huh. um, so, again, like I, I know I did everything right. And I and I, you know, worked worked really hard this this season to get there. So I know for a fact that if I get there again, I'm, I'm going to seize the opportunity and. Uh, one more year to go to go prove it. Oh man, I can only imagine what Joe Dubuque's gonna do if you win a national title. If and when you win a national title, it, yeah, yeah that, he just. Well, that's it, that's another thing I was gonna say. I have so many people to do it for. Yeah. Um, 
you know, the coaching staff, my family, my friends, you know, everybody, right? All those 500 people that texted me, you know, after that semifinal, right? I felt like I let them down a little bit, but, uh, you know, everyone was still proud of me. Everyone was still, you know, super excited to, to even be able to watch that, that whole experience. Um, but still, I have something to prove for everybody and I have something to, to, to go bring back home to Princeton for sure. Well, I'm, I'm glad you got to enjoy the experience and, and, and you have another opportunity to get exactly what you want, but it was, a, it was a fantastic showing from where I was sitting. So congratulations. Um, Kyle, we're, I know you said about 45 minutes, you, you got to go cause you got school or something, um, work to do, but Kyle Klingman's, uh, sitting over here. He's got a few questions for you and he's, and he's hoping to make you sweat. Yeah, Pat, it's our game called Sweat It Out. Five questions. Are you ready to play? Sure. Let's do it. It's All a right. Princeton Number edition, one. so this should, be, this should be challenging. Yeah, these will be challenging. Uh -oh. okay. okay. Number one, in 1989, Denzel Washington won Best Supporting Actor for what film? 1981? 89. 89. <sighs> Not sure. Okay. It's called Glory. Oh. I know that film, Number too. I should have given you a hint. See, he, he yeah. got a theme probably. Number two, what song was the theme for Karate Kid Part 2? Part 2. Was it Glory Days? Eh, close. Glory of Love. <laughs> Glory of Love. <laughs> Different. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, name the film that depicted the 1966 Texas Western basketball team that won a championship with an all-black lineup. Glory Road, right? Yep. Got it. Number four, what was the name of British rock band Oasis's second studio album? Glorious. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. It's called What's the Story Morning Glory. Oh, I like that yeah. one. These are tricky. And then number five, what's the name of the character Christian Bale played in American Psycho? Oh, oh man, I should know this one. Uh, I'm going to get a lot of hate for not knowing this one. I don't know. Patrick Bateman. Uh, oh, I switched it up. I, yeah. I wouldn't have got that one. Switched it up. At the I, end. I know American Psycho is a great movie, though. You got Glory Road, though. That's good. Yeah, no, one yeah, out of five one, is not one good. One for five, I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I should should have had a better show in there, but um, you you did you make me sweat it out, man. That was that, those were some <laughs> those were some tough ones. <laughs> the good news is this doesn't go in your transcript. <laughs> Internship's still intact. The job opportunities are still there, and you get another crack at a national title. So. Um, Yes, sir. Yeah, man. But um, okay. You got time for one more quick game? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm it's called wins and whoopings. So I'm trying to think, or I want you to think back over the span of your career, from Pee Wee wrestling through Nick Sirianni on the national finals. Can you think of one win that stands out as memorable for any reason? A good win, a win against somebody who used to kick your butt, and Pee Wee's like a comeback. I don't know, whatever, right? One one really good win. And then, like, one really bad whooping where, like, 
Maybe it's one we watch today. Maybe it's something else. But uh, a win and a, and a bad whooping that stick out as memorable from any point in your whole wrestling career. And do either one first. Okay. All right. Um, well, I'll start with the whooping. Um, I, again, I, I don't know if many of you out there know the whole story of my wrestling career trajectory. But, um, you know, growing up, I never won a state title. Uh, in middle school, right, I mean, you see all these youth wrestlers saying they're state champs and stuff. Like, never won one of those. I think I took second, like, three times going into high school. And then I took second my freshman and my sophomore year in uh, my first two years of high school before finally went into my junior year. But um, in – I think it's, it must have been the second time I ever made the state finals. It was, I think, in the sixth grade. And I wrestled Nick Nick Ramo. Uh-huh. Um, so shout out shout out Nick Ramo, who I'm also very good friends with. He's one of my one of my homies now. Um, shout out to HP boys and the Rutgers wrestlers out there. But um he beat me so bad. Like I I have never been so humiliated because I got pinned in the splatal and and it was just not especially being in the state finals you know what i mean like you work your, your butt off to to get there and you think you're you know you're cool and stuff for making the finals and then i got just humiliated in the splatle in like the first period and just become, like i was mean, like wow like that's that's pretty bad um so i don't think i've ever been splatled since uh but i did get splatled in the state finals and pinned uh, that's the worst time grade. to get splatled that's like the worst time to get splatled yeah. and pinned <laughs> It's not a fun one. Yeah, um, yeah, all right. But best win, I would say. Um, but I mean, I don't know. There, there, there's a lot of memorable ones. I mean, that that one from this past weekend is is one that I'll remember for the rest of my life. I mean, that that was probably the most emotional one. Yeah. Um, but I would say there was one that's my favorite because it was one that like. I've been chasing throughout the whole year and got it back at the very end, like kind of peaked at the right time. It was my freshman year um, against Jonathan Tropea. And uh, he, he beat me in the BC East, like in the quarterfinals in the very first tournament of the year. And then I'd never wrestled him until he was the one seed. I think I was like the sixth seed or something at the state tournament. And we wrestled in the quarterfinals. Um, and, it was a barn burner. I mean, I was up like 10-2. He came back storming back, like took me down like five times and tied it up in the last like five seconds sent to overtime. And, you know, all of Atlantic City is going crazy, uh -huh. right? Uh, I mean, the whole crowd was watching one that. And uh, getting to overtime and we're pushing the pace, pushing the pace, pushing the pace. And I get to take down, I think, literally with one second on the clock. Like, <sighs> like I got this, like I, I spun behind to get like a, a quick, you know, go behind takedown with like, I literally think a half a second on the clock. And I just remember like looking up into the stands and seeing nothing but flashing lights. Like it was just all a big blur and, you know, I was doing my celebration and stuff. And um, so that one was another memorable one because again, like freshman year, dealing with all that adversity, beating somebody who I'd lost to earlier that year uh, in, a, in a match that essentially sent me to the state finals, even though I lost um was was one of the most memorable for me too um so that that's was probably my favorite one as well that's awesome that's awesome to hear these stories about like 
stuff you you know you wouldn't know unless you, unless you had those questions. So uh, appreciate you sharing that, and and really I appreciate you coming on and, and talking through the last year and this past weekend. Um, it, it was it was a fantastic run, and and it uh, sounds like a, a great journey as well. Um, anything from you? So, uh, parting words. We'll let you have the floor before uh, let you move on with your day and get back to studying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I just uh, you know all you guys out there that are watching this. Um, I hope. I hope me and Quincy made you guys, you know, Prince the Wrestling fans in this this past weekend. Um, I know, you know, anyone that uh, can can call themselves a Tiger Wrestling fan is is someone that you know we love and and respect and and just you know we wanted to go out there and show you that even even smart guys, uh, <laughs> even guys that you know kind of sacrifice the you know. Uh, scholarship money and and whatever else to kind of come to a school like this can can still be successful and can still do some pretty amazing things on a wrestling mat um so i hope i hope we made you guys into fans uh and uh we hope you you kind of keep following our journey uh and trajectory throughout the rest of our our wrestling careers here sweet man well i know i know i will um and it's 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 gonna be a good journey to come Pat Glory, thanks so much for joining us, man. Congrats on all the success, and uh, have a great rest of your day. You bet, man. Thank you. All right, Kyle, that's going to do it, man. Pat Glory, like, just watching him, you know, or hearing him talk through those matches with Vito and what happened at EIWAs and how he was able to reset for that great NCAA semifinals. Awesome. I think it's the most dynamic college rivalry we've ever seen with, with the scores and how it's gone back and forth and major one week, major the next week. It's, it's pretty incredible. Well, the good news is hopefully, and who knows what weight classes change or if they, anybody changes, but we get to see it again next year, right? They'll probably duel. They'll probably wrestle in the IWAs and I wouldn't be surprised to see him wrestle all the NCAAs again though. So hope so. Yeah. Uh, time will tell, but uh, that's going to do it. For today's show, for Kyle Klingman, I'm Mark Bader. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. All clear, Nico?